Hi, this is Pastor Chad Muncy, lead pastor of Foundation Church of God. Welcome to Fundamentals of Foundation, our podcast uh, that we are doing weekly. We thank you so much for uh, listening last week and a good response for our start. We're going to try to keep these around a half an hour from here on out, except for some special times. So I guess with that being our first one, you know, pilot mm-hmm. episode, yeah, yeah, extra one hour special. But, yeah. Uh, I am joined by Trevor Fannin, our youth pastor again, and then we also have a guest, uh, Michael Maple, one of our friends. He attends uh, our church in Kokomo, one of our churches in Kokomo, and also has just finished CAMS and his licensing with the Church of God. He is now exhorter in the Church of God, and so congratulations on that. Tell us real quick uh, how that process was before we move on in the podcast. What do you mean, like? Just what you felt about it as oh, far as the, the um, training, kind of the, the teaching that you got. I just kind of learned more about, like, learned what the church actually is that I'm being a part of and what my calling is and how to nurture that into a ministry used to lead people to God. Great. So it's good to always see younger ministers uh, just growing into their call and then to be a part of a denomination that has a, um, a way to be able to move forward in your calling and a couple of different options of course we have lee university in cleveland uh, a couple other kind of schools um but just to have those options is a great thing and uh so you know if that's things you're interested in we definitely want you to check us out and as we start coming into the end of the year and into the new year where we'll be doing our defining foundation meetings our um uh, building foundation meetings that we've been doing and then our preview services starting up and so definitely want you to be a part of that check out us on facebook you can uh, send us any questions or comments of course comment to the link and to the uh, the uh, link that this is on this podcast is on and then also um, if you are interested in being a part of us uh, please contact us let us know uh, we're still looking for children's minister uh, sound man a couple different positions but that's two very key ones uh, that we're interested in and having some people contact us and tell us if they'd be interested in coming on board with the ministry here at foundation church so excited what god's doing and what god's doing in noblesville and what we believe he's uh, has planned for us and um I'm just coming to share with you Today an article that kind of deals with the Christmas time and uh, some different things that we're seeing happen in our world, or not as much world, our nation here, uh, particularly uh, with uh, the couple articles that we're bringing out today. So Trevor, I'll give it to you and you can kind of lead us through this and uh, it's all yours. Alrighty. So um, this uh, this first article that we're going to look at, we're going to kind of look at three all together, um, but the main one we're going to focus on is... Um, Takes, it comes from us comes to us from the Lansing State Journal um, from Lansing Michigan and it talks about um, a nativity scene that has been set up by the Church of Satan now a little bit of backstory this has been happening for the last two years um, and the the city of Lansing has previously set up a um, nativity that um, that most recently was funded by U.S. Senator Ted Cruz, and they they set this up this nativity up on the Capitol lawn. Now, in retaliation to that, um, the Satanic Temple 
has made its presence known by also setting up their own nativity scene. Um, and in the article, they reference it as the snaketivity. Now, on the um, the plaque, it's kind of like a snake, and in the article you can see the photo of it, but there's a plaque on this snake and cross that says, the greatest gift is knowledge. And um, so we just kind of want to talk today about um, the effect that this can have not only on us, but on the lives of our teens and the lives of our children. Um, so Pastor Chad, you want to go ahead and get started going into your thoughts on this? Yeah, when you first hear this kind of article, it sounds like some comedy fake article that you hear on on like your morning radio. And actually, that's where I first caught it uh, last week, I believe, um, and just flipping through the channels on my way to, uh, to the school that I'm working at. And... Uh, <laughs> heard it and you're kind of like what and you know the the people who comment on made some jokes and stuff but for us we know there's a spiritual side and there's a there's a seriousness that's here and they uh as we're going to look at some a couple other articles here we see that the the satanic temple uh is realizing what the defining of church and state now in our nation has opened up for them and that if a public setting like a courthouse in Michigan here uh, does something that is religious and kind of promotes a specific religion, that they can come in and by law be able to set this up. And that's how they've done that. That's how they've done what we'll talk about in the school systems that they're working with. And that's how they've done what is um, probably one that more people know of is Oklahoma City and uh, uh, on this, I think it's state capital, um, not sure state capital, but on, on the capital in Oklahoma City, uh, I believe it was Oklahoma City, but um, where they had the Ten Commandments uh, displayed and so the, the Satanic Temple came in and was making a statue of Satan that kids could sit on the lap of Satan and was winning that that case and being able to uh, to have that displayed and I know it went into court they were at least trying to get it through courts I don't know how it completely came or, or what all finally was decided but they have became a lot more active in, in pushing this or just realizing like we can do this because this is how church and state is listed now so before we came on to the podcast, we were talking about some some thoughts like that, and, and I'll kind of toss it back to you, Trevor, and thinking with this of just, um, we have heard, we've grown up in church, we've heard people, you know, pray that God can, or America can come back to God, and, and uh, heard people like, we need to get prayer back in schools, but unfortunately, I feel um, with the artic- this article, uh, the other two that we're going to share, you know, some things that we're hearing, um, the def- the definition of church and state right now is such one that if we got prayer back in school, um, would other religions just say, hey, we can have our prayer in school too? And so our mind thought, our mindset is our kids will get to pray to Jesus if we got prayer back in school. Society has twisted, I really believe has twisted what our founding fathers meant 
and has made it now where if we got prayer back in school, that's every religion that would petition it to have some kind of prayer time in school. Mm-hmm. And, um, and we've mm-hmm. not really accomplished anything then. We've, we've probably even, because of the way our law is now, there's some things that we could push for of how it used to be that could possibly open the door for more danger for our kids. What's what's your guys' thoughts on that? I uh, I agree. I I think I think really we are we we would kind of you know be opening up our own kind of can of worms situation because it says here at the end of this this first article that you know even other religions have came one that's kind of like is yeah, a it, joke it, it religion. Does, it is a joke religion. It does kind of seem like that kind of a fake thing. It says that the Pastafarian Flying Spaghetti Monster church had set up their own display. And we saw the picture of that display, and it was just kind of like, you know, what, what it is, is ridiculous. That? It, it's It's literally a ball of spaghetti. But our law has came to a point where they were actually allowed to put that display yeah. up. So you got... The traditional nativity scene of Jesus, mm-hmm. the snaketivity of a snake around a cross with a, st- a plaque that says, the greatest gift is knowledge, and then the Pastafarian spaghetti monster in the sky church display. Like, what on earth, dude? That's like the that's like the, the worst beginning to one of those jokes that you yeah. heard. Like, <laughs> yeah. That's what I'm thinking right there. That's like yeah. the worst beginning to a joke right there. Yeah. Yeah. I think... I think um, I think you're right though we've we've kind of in in saying we want that that prayer back we have opened that door to bringing in all of these foreign things to our kids you know um, and we talked a little bit before about how we have to be we have to be kind of battling that every step of the way I guess um, well maybe the word isn't battling but more like more like Discipleship. We have to mm-hmm. be. We have to be really discipling our children and our, our teenagers, so they know, you know, when the, when you come up against this, is your faith going to stand firm? Yeah. What are you going to believe? How are you going to say, you know, you can believe what you want to believe, but I'm going to believe the way that I've mm-hmm. been raised. We've kind of given Michael uh, the two articles uh, dealing with something that pertains to school and the Church of Satan or Satanic Temple. I don't know the actual name, but uh, that's listed there. What they're doing uh, with schools. And so um, before we get a little bit deeper in that discipleship aspect with our children and and even some more conversation with this, let's go ahead and and look at these two articles too. So we've got uh, two years of the snake-tivity up in Michigan. We referenced uh, the satanic... um, Satan on his throne kind of statue that kids could crawl up in the lap of Satan that they try to get in Oklahoma. And this is another thing that is happening in multiple cities. Two different articles talking about some of the same things, but it's multiple cities that uh, the church or satanic temple is trying to accomplish through school systems. So go ahead, Michael. Um, Representatives from the satanic temple, they're trying to get after school clubs started in both Seattle and Salem, Massachusetts, to battle the evangelistic Christian groups that are already there. And I think a lot of it is like, you know, it's more of what we talked about. We've opened our do- the door to it. Mm-hmm. Any kind of religious group club that is made, 
now has a counter group that is made um, to go against that. Um, and, you know, it, it's just, to me, it's just, it's crazy. I say it's crazy when all we, we know really that it's something that's bound to happen, especially with the generation and the, and the country that we're in and, you know, the state of things, something like this is bound to happen. A group's bound to come and say, well, if you can, so can we. It happens yeah. in not just church, in everything. Well, if you can say that, so can I. It's it's almost like there's this this anonymity that's been applied to it. Yeah, and we, what we're referencing, and we'll put these articles up like we did the last one, and uh, this one's from July 30th, where it was the um, after-school Satan Club is trying to get into uh, public elementary schools, and it's countering... Uh, the Good News Club, which is a Christian after-school program that some schools have. So what they are doing is being able to go with, uh, since the Good News Club is in our school, we can start this after-school Satan Club and talk about um, the good qualities you can find from Satan and not have to find these qualities from the Bible and from the Good News Club and from Jesus. And so it's multiple cities that they're trying to start these in. And it's based off of separation of church and state. Uh, since your school has a Good News Club talking about Jesus, then we, by law, are allowed to come in and start a, a club that's going to talk about Satan and the yeah. quality, the great qualities of Satan that you can learn from Satan. And this is not college. No. This is public elementary schools absolutely it's public elementary schools so yeah. uh, it's, it's all three of my kids at 10 8 and 7 years old that could have the choice in some of these towns if it gets passed could have the choice of do i go to the good news club and learn about jesus or the after school satan club and learn about the good qualities of the devil according to the club so michael i think you got some stuff you want to add there one of the little paragraphs in the an after-school Satan club could be coming to your kid's elementary school article, is while the Good News Club's focus on indoctrination, instilling children with the fear of hell and God's wrath, after-school Satan clubs will focus on free inquiry and rationalism. Greaves said, We prefer to give children an appreciation of the natural wonders surrounding them, not a fear of an everlasting otherworldly horror. And that makes me wonder why Christianity is focusing so much on saying, don't do this or you're going to go to hell, instead of saying, hey, there's a man named Jesus and he loves you and he wants to give you a life to where you can go to heaven and you don't have to live like that. And I want to know what Christianity is doing that gives us that kind of negative stigma that people want to start a Satan club just because the Christian club is so fire and brimstone. That's a good question. Um, you know, it's there's a balancing act that has to happen there. We we have I just preached Sunday at one of our churches of how we don't hear that many songs about heaven anymore. They're not written anymore. Mm -hmm. We don't talk about heaven and hell anymore, really. And the body of Christ has gotten comfortable with like this being home. Mm -hmm. So we do need to talk more about that and the seriousness of it and the reality of it, but not in a fear way where you're so scared that if you do. Uh, one little thing wrong that you have angered God to the point of where he will not forgive you. Yeah. And some, and so that's where some of that's coming. Old, um, traditional kind of hellfire brimstone 
preaching and thinking that, but then there's a twisting there too from this uh, satanic group uh, or the satanic temple, I think a temple of Satan, church of Satan. And that is twisting, which is exactly what Satan does, twisting the word of God. Yeah. Um, it's not always been that. That's not exactly the message of the church. Mm. Um, there's some who feel that way, but you know their their thought is is and it, this can lead us right into talking about how important it is for us to disciple our kids and coming up with plans in our churches to really disciple our kids, and that we've got to go past just kind of um, interactive fun songs or a crazy character that comes out or puppets. And those are all methods that appeal to kids, mm -hmm. but to really make sure that we don't lose the importance of the message and the value that we're they're bringing out there. And, or, or I'll even say this, make sure we're doing those things, those methods, because it helps the kids actually learn those principles that we need to have. Uh, and that's the thing. It's not just doing something in children's church to do it. It's making sure that what we do in our children's churches actually uh, drive home the point to our kids in our children's church. As it presents the gospel in a way that the kids in our ministry get it yeah. and understand it and can even defend it. They yeah. can defend it. If they can argue about what the best game console is at the age of 10, yeah. then they can defend if Jesus Christ is the Savior of the world. Absolutely, I agree. And it goes back a little bit like we talked last week of like just not believing they're old enough mm -hmm. to do something for Christ. And yeah. we've got to break out of that mold as Christians and realize that, you know, it's, uh, I guess to hit your point, Michael, is, is to not present the gospel to the seven-year-old as like, hey, if you do something like that, God doesn't like that, you know? That's and, a, that's and a it's no bad. No. Yeah, and that's how we leave it at just like such a, you know, open-ended kind of, there's no real explanation. It's just kind of like you teach them, God doesn't like that, it's wrong. And so we start to just learn God doesn't like it, it's wrong. Well, why? Because he's a pure and holy God. Yeah. Who strives and wants his people to be holy, and we have to instill that in our kids and our children, and we gotta realize that there's a group out there from what you just read that will look at them if they can get in our school systems. They will look at them and say, "What you've learned in Sunday school is fake, and it's just trying to hold you down." And let's look at this in some nice logical way and and. Uh, just in a free thinking kind of way, and and then and then they come into your youth group, Trevor, eventually, and they've already been indoctrinated by stuff through school that tells them that everything you're getting ready to say that night in youth group is totally fake. Yeah, and that's and to me that's like the scariest thing, the scariest thing to have a teenager to walk in um, first day in the youth group and just kind of be like, whatever you say, old man. When I'm like, you know, not that much older than them. I mean, I'm 21 years old. I get a 13, 13 year old kid walking in. I'm eight years older than him. Like, come on. I, it's not to that point where I'm some old dude who's out of touch with reality. Like, it, it worries me. It worries me that that's the kind of like, it, like, it's almost like society views the church as antiquated now. And mm -hmm. we're, we're stuck in our old ways and we're never going to change. Where last week our whole podcast was talking about how do we change? How can we yeah. change? How can we adapt? How can we make it better? How can we make 
the gospel, the truth, more appealing. Mm-hmm. You know, I think um, I think it's important for us to to be bringing in that discipleship aspect, like you were talking about. Um, coming from a children's church where we did both, I think I think using both of those strategies, having having those fun times, having those goofy characters, having been that goofy character several times myself, mm-hmm. um, being having those goofy characters, but having those goofy characters illustrate a lesson that means something. Mm-hmm. That we like we talked about um, one lesson in particular that I remember we talked about the about God's God's all consuming fire and how it can how it can fill us and how it's not something that burns out so quickly, but it stays burning for a long time. And we were able to illustrate that by grabbing literally grabbing random things in our children's church room. Go I went outside and I caught them on fire to show the kids like, you know, this is something crazy and this is something super cool. But then we were able to say, okay, let's rein it back in. Look, this is this is real. This is what's true. No matter what you may hear, God's fire can live inside of you, and it's not something that's just going to be there when you need it and gone when you're not. It's mm-hmm. there as long as you know you're living your life the way you should and you're obeying God's commandments. That 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 spirit is always going to live inside of you. Excellent, Michael. This it kind of shows me that there are groups trying to get the whole Christian aspect out of schools, or at least counter it. So Christians need to make sure that there is prayer in the homes and that parents mm-hmm. themselves are working on teaching their children to love God and doing their duties as parents to teach them to love the Lord. Yeah, excellent point. And that kind of pulls us in as we're getting close to closing out here. Just what what does the church do here? You know, we are clearly at a point where um, uh, that I've personally noticed the, the satanic church has started to realize that because of separation of church and state and the way that law is interpreted now, that we can get in to any place that churches are publicly. So how does the church counter that? Do we hold prayer meetings where we pray the devil out of, of America? Do we, do we, what do we need to do? Do we disciple as we've been talking? What's some steps that, that you feel and Michael just kind of mentioned too how important we need to pray in, in our homes. What's some steps that we need to do as we close out here? Um, that the church needs to focus. I mean, prayer is important. We need to pray against this stuff. Yeah. But what else do we need to do besides just pray against this stuff? Or is that it? Do we just need to really believe? Uh, we know God's powerful enough to right. stop anything. Yeah, yeah. I really believe that. Absolutely. But I also know that he calls, uh, I believe he calls us to stand up for him. Yeah, yeah. And, and to preach the gospel and and. You know, I think for us to realize, I'll, I'll say this and then let you kind of close out with your thoughts on it and then we'll close out all the way. But I think to, for us to realize as Christians in America, one, prophecy is being fulfilled. Mm-hmm. End time prophecy is being fulfilled. Mm-hmm. I remember I said that phrase a lot and someone's like, what specifically? And I'm like, I don't know if there's anything really specific except God just told us it would get worse. You know, Christ told his His followers it would get worse. So. End time prophecy is being fulfilled, and I, as we mentioned, before, as we were talking and kind of preparing for this, um, we're getting more to that Mars Hill kind of time where, um, you know, maybe we are going to walk in and see. That, that's something that came to mind when I read, you know, uh, that last year was the 
Pastafarian flying spaghetti monster sculpture and the snake-tivity and then the nativity, you had somewhat of a mini Mars Hill statement of like, okay, I see all these statues of these different gods. Here's the one that's really true. Yeah. And to realize that the church needs to prepare themselves to be living in a culture where uh, that may be more of what we're having to do is really stand up and say, yeah, I know there's a temple over here for this. There's a church over here for this. This is what the real truth is. What's your thoughts on that, Trevor? I think I think you're right. I think we have to work more on um, kind of what we talked about last week. If society views us as what we as what we see in these articles, we need to work on that interior image. We need to work on ourselves from the inside out, just as we do when we are a new believer. When we first commit ourselves, we we look at ourselves from the inside and project on outwards, work on outwards. I think as a church we have to we have to kinda of come together not to rally against this idea per se, because no matter you know, no matter what we do, we we can do, we can we can say, you know, oh, we don't like that all day long. But the the fact is, there is that separation of church and state. The government isn't going to be there to back us up and say, well, they're a church too. You know, you can't just offend them. Um, I think we have to band together kind of as a church and say, okay, what have we done? What true, We have to be honest with ourselves. We have to have that honest conversation with ourselves as the church and say, what have we done? What can we do differently? And why, why has our, how do I want to word this? Why has our image been tainted so much? Yeah. When, when all we're called to do is love people and spread the gospel. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, I think that's really the key is looking at ourselves, examining ourselves and trying to fix it. Michael, go ahead. I just, I personally believe that as a Christian, someone should be able to look at you and say, there's something about them that's different. Something about them that's changed. And people should look at Christians and say, I want part of that. And I think Christians, we need to live in such a loving way, like showing people the love of Christ, that they want to be a part of it, not that they're going to fight against it because it's so fire and brimstone. And I agree. I think I think that's super important. Um, I think it, I think we should be examining ourselves as well, as well. Pastor yeah. Chad. Yeah, uh, I think great. Great dialogue there, and I hope you have enjoyed this podcast. We really encourage you appreciate, once again, all those of you who listened to the first one. Really encourage you to listen to this one, and then on the Facebook page, we will have... Um, I sounded super old there, right? On the on the Facebook. On the Facebook, on there, Facebook, boys. We just going to have a new post. On Facebook, <laughs> uh, you'll have a post with these articles linked uh, to it, where you could read the articles yourself. And then uh, we had a couple people like... Our, our podcast but if you could um, kind of share your opinion that's why we're posting them too so you can read the articles share your opinion we can see some dialogue there and then uh, hopefully the next week kind of come up and uh, start the opening uh, the opening of that next week's podcast with some thoughts that some of you have shared and even recap uh, some more through the week so definitely want you to go on share anything that you see there and any comments that you have and uh, appreciate you for listening and uh, just check us out next week um, we thank you for uh, listening to Foundations 
uh, Foundation Church of God. I'm messing up at the end here, Trevor. Foundation <laughs> Church of God and listening for to our Fundamentals of Foundation podcast. And uh, we will see you next week. Thanks.